in the past week, the other week, not this one. I was doing a series on the judges. And uh, in the series I was doing, I ended the series prematurely because the sermons were over. So I'll do the sermon I was supposed to do last Sabbath. Then the sermon I was to do this Sabbath, I'll do in the afternoon. Judges chapter 13, reading from verses 1, the Bible says, And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines forty years. I have said over and over again, and I don't fear to repeat this, that the Lord is interested in us. The Lord is so interested in what we do. The Bible says the children of Israel did evil again. You see, when it says the children of Israel did evil, that may be the first time. But when it says they did evil again, it means these people, they have a historical record of doing evil. As in these people have a past of doing evil. They stop, then they remember, I used to do evil. I need to go back. And they go back. I don't know about you, but some of you are feeling like the children of Israel. But they did evil again in the sight of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Judges chapter 13 runs with a monotonous phrase, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And if you read, you will find in Judges chapter 2 verses 11, it says the same thing. Judges chapter 3 verses 7, it says the same thing. Judges 4, 1 says the same thing. Judges 6, 1 says the same thing. Judges 10, 6 says the same thing. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. It's all about decisions is our sermon title. But I have come to the conclusion that we make decisions. At times we make the right ones. At times we make the wrong ones. I don't know about you, but I know I've made some wrong decisions. I'm not even proud of them. And there are some good decisions you've made. You even sit and you ask yourself, did everyone see what I did? You know the problem with the bad decisions? You wish nobody saw. And that there are certain things you do until you feel like, God, let it be you are the only one who saw this. And please forgive me for this. But there are some that you feel like, Lord, why is it only you and the angels have seen? Look. I've done such a good thing. This was a good decision. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why it happens like this, but in life. But, but, but I see something in this text. He says, they did evil in the sight of the Lord. The eyes of the Lord ran to and fro. I shudder with fear to know that the eyes of the Lord ran to and fro. And what we did, what we do, sorry, the Lord sees. The Bible says, the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines. Look at this. It says, they did evil, the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines. Let me break it down as a preacher. The Philistines did not conquer them. The Lord delivered. You didn't understand. Let me put it this way. The Lord took his children and put them in the hands of the Philistines. 
In other words, the children of the Lord did evil, and God said, I am going to correct you by handing you over to the enemy. You know, the moment we, we do evil in the sight of the Lord, the Lord can just decide, okay, I, I, I don't need even to punish you. If I start, you may not be able to withstand it. Let me give you somebody else to punish you. And God handed them over to the Philistines. Listen, it was to be an object lesson to the Philistines. That even the Philistines may learn that God doesn't like evil. The text says, he handed them over to the Philistines for 40 years. How many of you are 40 years old? Okay. He handed them over for 40 years. 40 solid years. Do you know what 40 years is? When you are 20, it's half. As in, they were born and, and, and they, they are as in where you are right now was just half of the suffering. 40 years, and the Bible says in Judges 13 verse 2, there was a certain man of Zorah, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah. His wife was barren, and he bare not. Manoah was the family of the Danites. The name Dan simply means to judge. Manoah of the family of the Danites, his wife was barren. Did not bear a child. The angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said unto her, Behold, thou art barren. Angels are funny at times. You know, if you know somebody is barren, why must you remind them that behold? <laughs> but, but, but let the angels be the angels. So if the angel appears unto you and tells you, Behold, you are single, just say amen. <laughs> Those are the moments you... you you sit and you appreciate what the angel wants. You say, speak, angel, thy servant heareth. He says, behold, thou art barren. You know, the angel, I, I like angels for one thing. You know, angels, when they are sent from the Lord, they can tell you anything. When the angel begins by telling you your condition, relax. He must know because he's an angel. Why come remind me of my suffering when you don't have a solution? When you're an angel and you tell me you are poor. You smile. Yes, begin smiling. You say, the angel has said, I am poor. In other words, even the heavenly quarters have understood my situation. <laughs> you know, when you pray, when you pray at times, it looks like these things are continuing on a daily basis. But the angel of the Lord, the Lord is listening. And the Lord sends his angel, go speak to my son who is poor. Tell them they are poor. You know, for you, for you to be helped, you must be told where you are. When you come to the hospital and you're sick, you don't just come and you say, I want to be made whole. The doctor must know you're suffering from malaria. Then we have to deal with that. The angel of the Lord said, Behold, now thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now that's the angel speaking. He says, this is where you are. This is where you're going to be. Please don't ask me of the duration. I have told you, thou art barren, you shall bear a child. Now therefore, beware, I pray thee. No, 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 no. You know, when, when the Lord wants to make you know that he is serious, he does not only tell you you shall bear a child. That is easy to tell you. He even tells you how you're going to take care of that child. That means what I am telling you is certain. He says, the angel of the Lord appeared, said, 
Now therefore, I beware, I pray thee, drink no wine, nor strong drink. How many of you drink wine or beer? Okay, pretend <laughs> like you don't. But, and if you do, please stop. This sermon was meant to tell you, drink no wine, nor strong drink. And please, don't even go to the neighborhood of their friends like Caffeine and uh, Red Bull and the others. Please, don't walk in the periphery. Stay far away from wine and strong drink and stimulants. It's not health Sabbath. Stroke 17. So let's come back to this. No, you may, you, you may finish and you think you've conquered everything, so you are drinking yourself to death. And eat not any unclean thing. Please, watch what you eat. Watch what you eat. It's a wonderful sermon title. Eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto the Lord from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Listen to the text. And the Bible says that this son shall begin to deliver the children of Israel. As in when the child is in the womb, he shall begin to deliver. Now that's a, Before you are delivered, you begin to deliver. That's a tough one. <laughs> now this child was pointed out by God. And God says, this child shall be a Nazarite from the womb. Then the woman came and told her husband and said, A man of God came unto me. And his countenance was like the countenance of an angel. Very terrible. But I did not ask him from whence he came. Neither did he tell me his name. But he said unto me, You shall conceive. If your wife comes and tells you, A man came and said, I will give birth. And it's tough. And then your wife says, uh, the man did not even tell me the name. The man did not allow me to remember. The man did not tell me where he came from. He just said, you are going to give birth. The Bible says, and, and, and this is easy to say when it's in a story. Behold, you shall bear a son. Drink no wine, no strong drink. Neither eat any unclean thing. The child shall be a Nazarite to God from the day of his death. Manoah entreated the Lord. See, this is interesting. I like Manoah. My wife has said she's going to give birth. God, I want also to see this thing. Talk to me. Why do you just talk to my wife? <laughs> now listen. The Bible says, Manoah entreated the Lord and said, Oh Lord, let the man of God whom you sent come. <laughs> you know, nowadays at times we joke with the, with the name of the Lord that the Lord has sent me to tell you that you will answer my prayers. Surely, let the Lord speak to me separately. Are you the only one whom he talks to? Manoah says, listen. Let the angel of, let the man of God, whom you sent, come again to us. And I like Manoah's example. Manoah did not say, because I am doubting. Manoah says, let the man come and teach us what we shall do unto the child who shall be born. Uh-huh. But you had been told that this shall be a Nazarite. You had been told what to do. But Manoah says, and, and, and let me tell you, <laughs> uh, 
I'm almost making it a relationship Sabbath, but let me not go in that direction. A, a, a man comes and tells you, you know, the Lord has spoken to me. You will be my girlfriend. <laughs> now listen, on your side you say, hey, Lord, appear and tell us how our relationship will be. <laughs> and then the guy says, okay, let me come back when the Lord has spoken to you. <laughs> the Bible says, and, and like this, the Bible says in verses 9, and God hearkened to the voice of Manoah. Listen, God hears when men speak to him. I like God. God hearkened to the voice of Manoah. The angel of the Lord came again. The angel of the Lord came again to the woman when she sat in the field, but Manoah was not with her. <laughs> now, now, this is going to be interesting. I, in fact, in my sanctified imagination, I see Mrs. Manoah looking at the angel and saying, surely, angel, did you have to appear when Manoah is not here? Manoah will not believe me. <laughs> First time he didn't. How will you believe the second time? The Bible says, the woman made haste, ran and showed her husband and said, behold, the man has appeared unto me again that came the other day. Manoah arose and went with his wife and came to the man and said unto him, art thou the man that speakest unto the woman? And he said, I am. You didn't read the text. Very few times. Do you say, I am? You're not picking the text. Let me try to help you. In the book of Exodus, when Moses asks the question, and, and Moses says, oh, whom will we say has sent us? And he was told, go and say, I am who I am has sent. And when you go to the book of John, John and, 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 and the Jews are complaining about Jesus. And they are saying that you are not even older. You are not even 50 years old. How can you say that, 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 that before Abraham, that Abraham rejoiced to see your day. And he says, you know what? Before Abraham was, I am. Listen to the text. I am appears to Manoah. And I am of the Old Testament is surely Jesus Christ. You will get to understand the text. Listen to the word. It says in Judges 13 verse 12, Manoah says, now let thy works come to pass. How shall we order the child? How shall we do with the child? And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, of all that I say to the woman, let her beware. Please don't try to have a revised edition for what God has said. What I told you last year, it is the same thing I'm telling you this year. This issue of coming up, asking if God has changed his mind. God, it, 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 could it be possible that you said that now in this, uh, in this 20, this is 20 what? 2021. You know, in, 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 20, in 2020, 2019, before COVID, the, the, these guys came and preached everything. And they said, thou shalt not eat pork. God, could it be possible that after COVID, there's some new light? Listen, what I told the woman, I'm not repeating. The message yesterday is the same message today. People have always come to look for God. Could it be possible that uh, there is a change somewhere? You know, the Bible then says, thou shalt uh, flee fornication. Then you sit and you say, but what if we are about to be married? Could it be possible that this has changed? 
I, I like when the youths are asking me these kinds of questions. That preacher, when is somebody's when does somebody become your wife? When you take the cows or in church? And I'm like, what's wrong with you? Are you a Christian or a traditionalist? <laughs> I, I, as in some of these things, you wonder. So people want to come in 2021 and they want the message to say, now we have seen new life. There's a possibility that what we told you last time doesn't apply. Oh, beloved, it applies in full measure. What I told the woman, beware. She may not eat anything that cometh of the vine, nor let her drink of the wine or strong drink, nor any unclean thing. All that I commanded her, let her observe. Manoah said to the angel, I pray thee, let us detain you until we shall have made a kid ready for thee. The angel said unto Manoah, thou, though thou detain me, I will not eat thy bread. If thou wilt offer burnt offering, thou must offer unto the Lord. For Manoah knew not that she was an angel of the Lord. Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, what is your name? That when thy saying come to pass, we may do the honor. What is your name? We want to do some honor to you. Maybe he was even thinking of naming the child after the angel who prophesied this. But the text says, the angel said unto him, why asked thou me of my name, seeing that it is secret? Please, don't be worried about my name. Just go for the message. You are barren. Why are you asking me my name? You need a child. Not names. This is not nomenclature or what it is. Anyway, it says, So Manoah took a kid with a meat offering, offered it upon a rock unto the Lord, and the angel did wondrously. Manoah and his wife looked upon, for it came to pass when the flame went towards heaven from off the altar that the angel ascended in the flame, and Manoah and the wife looked on it and fell with their faces to the ground. But the angel did no more appear to Manoah and his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. Manoah said to his wife, We shall surely die, for we have seen God. Now listen to that. Says we shall surely die. We have seen God. I told you when the angel said, I am, that was Jesus. That's the only angel who is God. Depends with what context he appears. When he comes as a messenger, the word angel is derived from the word angelos, which means messenger. When he has a message, he appears as an angel. And here, Jesus appears as the angel. And the Bible says, but his wife said, if the Lord were pleased to kill us, you will not have received burnt offerings. Hey, some women have insight. <laughs> They've spent time with God. They even know if God wanted to kill us, how did he accept our offerings? Now listen, you will not have received our offerings. Neither would he have showed us all these things, nor would he have told us this that he has told us at such a time. And the woman bare a son that went to first and called his name Samson. The child grew and the Lord blessed him. I've always read the text. Then I say, allow me to explain. You see, between verse 23 and 24, it goes to first. But remember the child called Samson was going to be born. A child who was going to be very strong. Very strong. This child was serious. Well, while it is not public information, 
this child was going to be born, but Mrs. Manoa had to bear the child. Mrs. Manoa carries this child. But I've always walked with my sanctified imagination when I preach this. And I think for myself, what did it mean to Mrs. Manoa? Carrying the child who will be called the strongest man that ever lived. Though he's the strongest that ever died, but let's call it that. But the strongest guy who is just going to drop on earth. What did it mean to carry that child? That child must have been serious. And serious stuff. I've always said, and in my sanctified imagination, and you can ask when you get to heaven, don't question my sanctified imagination. Ask your questions when you get to heaven and you meet Mrs. Manoa and ask what did it mean to carry that baby. But I, I see Mrs. Manoa must have been something like six months pregnant and the, the child is kicking in the belly and you feel like you have stomachache. <laughs> That's the strongest boy. And, and this boy is born on this particular day. Like all other children born and then uh, you wait for the child to crawl. But Samson must have been going through these things very fast. Having been born and he's strong, he's beginning to deliver. And, and I don't know about you, but my sanctified imagination imagines that Samson is born and the mother looks at the child and feels like this child is serious. <laughs> and you see young little Samson grows and, and he's only a few months old and, and Manoa is outside the house and Mrs. Manoa wants to push the table, but the small boy is crawling over here. And Mrs. Manoa is asking, where is Manoa to assist me? And Samson must have lent a helping hand. Uh, mommy, don't worry. <laughs> and this boy is strong. The mother must have been shocked. I've never, seen, I've never seen a small boy less than one year old pushing tables. This is tough. And I must have seen Samson growing and it's time to join school. And, and Samson joins school. And, and this guy is strong. He's strong. And he's in nursery school. And, and, and Samson is seated over there with the other kids. Samson has made a mistake in his writing and he's looking for a rubber. And he taps the kid. And this kid is crying. <laughs> and, and, and the teacher must be asking, what has happened? <laughs> and Samson says, I just tapped this kid. <laughs> but but, but the, the teacher must have asked, come and tap me. And the teacher feels that is painful. <laughs> But you know, this is Samson in my sanctified imagination. A young boy who grows up and, and, and his strength is already felt. And it must have been that the boy is in class three, but he's already in the school's football team because he's, he's strong enough. He's strong enough to play with the grade eights. And, and, and this Samson continues. And uh, I, I, I see Samson. I see Samson. He's, he's growing up. But, but like every other young man, um, Strength needs to be managed. But th th this is where the challenge comes when God gives you strength and God gives you endowment and God gives you things and you don't have enough sense to manage the strength that the Lord has given you. And this must have gone with Samson. And so I, I see Samson growing up. And, and Samson continues and continues. Samson gets to adolescence. That's usual. Samson in adolescence is, is something else. You know, for you, when you joined adolescence, it was still tough. You are an adolescent, but we could still hear you in soprano. <laughs> but Samson must have joined, and, 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 and things were just showing. This guy, he's strong. You know, he's big, he's masculine, and, and everything. And, and, and at this point in time, 
Samson has to make serious decisions. And, uh, and, and, and this, this is very serious for us. The Bible says in, in, in Judges 13.25. If you read in Judges 13.24, 13.24 goes quickly to the point that just says that the, 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 the child grew, the Lord blessed him. How many of you have grown and the Lord has blessed you? There is something when you grow and the Lord blesses you. You know, the blessings of the Lord, don't joke with them. I don't know what you're doing with the blessings of the Lord. You know, there are some people who are struggling to be beautiful. Then there are those who are just beautiful. The Lord has blessed you. There are some people who are struggling to be strong. You, even if you don't, you just find yourself, you're strong. It's the blessing of the Lord. What do you do with the blessing of the Lord? In fact, not only did the Lord bless him, the Bible says in verse 25 of Judges 13, that the spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camps of Dan between Zora and Eshtaol. How many of you have the spirit of the Lord? Hey, pretend. Pretend like you didn't get the question clearly. Then tell the preacher, repeat. You know, it's, it's easy to, if I ask you, how many of you have there are simple things like what? How many of you are strong? You'll see hands go up quickly. How many of you are handsome? Hands will go up quickly. How many of you are intelligent? Hands will go up quickly. But how many of you are filled with the Holy Spirit? And you look around. <laughs> you look around thinking, uh, preacher, what, what do you mean? As in Holy Spirit or Spirit of the Lord? The spirit of the Lord began to move him. That's blessed. Listen, when the Lord blesses you, he moves you. And, and the spirit of the Lord began to move him. And let me tell you something. When the Lord moves you in spirit, just learn to do his will, not your will. The reason the Lord was moving him between Dan and Eshtaol was so that he can be able to understand what God has for him. Mm. You need to understand it. The church is walking with a the theme and you must have heard it. I will go. Did you hear it? Everywhere. I will go. I will go. I, I get worried. I get worried. When you hear finally saying I will go. Where are you going? Well, some of you after, after this you just leave the church. Until you say that one used to be a good chorister. Nowadays where are you? She went. <laughs> But let me tell you something. The spirit of the Lord moved him. And let me tell you, whithersoever the spirit moves you, learn to do the will of the Lord. That's why the Lord moves you. Some of you, the Lord has moved you from Nyanza to here. Imagine. Then what do you come to do here? What do you come to do here? Some have been moved nearby Molo. Some of you, your movements are very localized. Njoro. <laughs> there are some who have been moved from far-flung places to this place, and the Lord has a purpose for your movement. Please, don't think that the Lord just dropped you here by mistake, filling in the numbers. No. You know those ones who always sit and, and they tell you, you know I should have been in your end. No. The Lord put you here by purpose. And let me tell you, if the Lord wanted you in your end, he would have taken you there. He took others there. 
So when he moved you, he moved you to this place for a reason. And listen, the spirit of the Lord moved him. At times between Dan and Eshtal, the Bible says in Judges 14.1, Samson went down to Timnath. I saw it. You didn't see it. You know, as a, as a preacher, I, I, I even trust my eyes more than yours. But I saw it. You didn't see it. The spirit of the Lord moved him between Dan and Eshtaol, but Samson went down to Timnath. Timnath, you go by your own decision. Listen, if the Bible had said the Lord took him to Timnath, it means the Lord has a purpose for him in Timnath, but he went down to Timnath. One preacher spending time on this text said, every time you're going to Timnath, you're going down. Please check where you're going. He went down to Timnath and saw a woman of Timnath, of the daughters of the Philistines. He went to Timnath, saw a woman. Went to Timnath. Now listen to this. Went to Timnath, saw a woman. But when the Lord moved him in spirit, you are not told what he saw. But, oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For your father up above is looking. Oh, be careful. Please know that song. Know that song. I know why you don't want to know it, because of your eyes. But please, learn that song. Know that song. So that at times when you look, let me tell you, these eyes I don't know. At times you just, you don't even want to look. Let me tell you. When your eyes misbehave, remind your eyes. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. So let me tell you, next time temptation is walking around, start whistling. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. You know why? Because the devil has temptations for our eyes. Eyes. He saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. He came to his mother, to his father and his mother, and said, I have seen a woman of Timnath of the daughters of Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. Now you know this text is landing where he is at a marriageable age. How many of you are above 21? Above 21? The ones are stubborn. Okay, put on your hands. <laughs> but let me tell you, he's of a marriageable, marriageable age. At this point in time, I didn't say you must marry at above 21, but I'm just, I, I just asked you. This may not even be related to what I asked. But he's of a marriageable age, but the Bible says, he saw a woman in Timnath. Goes and tells the parents, get her for me to wife. The father and the mother said unto him, is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren? Thy what? Hey, please go to the daughters of your brethren, Samson. Preachers have preached for a long time, do not be unequally yoked. Now the father and the mother are saying, you mean you've walked in the whole church? Nothing, nothing. <laughs> church? Your brethren, are you saying the Lord did not create in church? The Lord only creates without the brethren. In Timnath. But the Bible says, Or among all thy people. Oh, listen, listen. He says, your brethren. In other words, in church, there is none. 
I have expanded beyond this church. Do you mean in the whole conference there is none? And then the Bible says that you go to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines. And Samson said unto his father, get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. Not because she's going to make me uh, serve you better. You know, you must know why you are called. Samson, you are called. You are a deliverer. So even the person you choose should be helping you to deliver. Here you're not here to please yourself. She pleaseth me well. Let me tell you, the Bible says Samson's only excuse was she pleaseth me well. Be careful about emotions. In fact, Patrick's and Prophets 563 paragraph 1 says one thing that I like. Just as he was entering into manhood, the time when he must execute his divine mission. Listen to me, young people. This is the time to execute your divine mission. This is the time to start serving the Lord like never before. The time when you have the energy. The time when you are creative. The time when you can be able to preach morning session in Egerton and afternoon session in Nairobi. You can. You have that energy. The time when he should have said, I will go to deliver the children of God. The messenger to the remnant says, the time above all others when Samson should have been true to God. Samson connected himself with the enemies of Israel. Do you know what? Too many of us at this age, in this time, the time when we should do what the Lord wants, we connect ourselves with the enemy more than ever before. I fear for campus. I can't lie. I fear for campus. Are there first years in campus? Are there first years here? Are there first years in church today? Where are they? First years? Oh, don't be afraid. I I'm, I'm going to attack you. I'm coming slow. <laughs> first years, let me see first years. Okay, the Lord bless you, first years. The Lord bless you. Let me teach you something for first years. Let me tell you. The, the, the problem, why I fear for campus, is, is you see, as first years, in fact, finally Sabbath is normally a day of reckoning. By the way, finally Sabbath, we are counting how many remains. Do you know, finally Sabbath is roll call. I don't know why finally Sabbath has never generated a 100% transition from first year Sabbath. In fact, there are, some, there are some people you are with in first year. On first year Sabbath, they were even in the pulpit team. Today they are not there. In fact, don't you think the church should be, the church should be creative enough to say those who will be sitting on finally Sabbath in the pulpit team, you are the same ones who will sit in the first year Sabbath. It should be like that. So that we can check. When you're about to leave church, we remind you, hey, brother, we are missing the person for <laughs> children's story. <laughs> it could be when we start seeing you doing certain things in second year, we tell you, remember, you are the one doing the final prayer. <laughs> On our final Sabbath. Because at times, the people you see serious on finally Sabbath, 
on first year Sabbath, they were jokers. They met the Lord in third year after some problems, we know. <laughs> and so, on finally Sabbath, they are more serious with the Lord. And, and you know, you know, I, I think there's need for consistency in the church of God. It says, at the time when he should have been closest to God, he connected with the enemies of Israel. Listen to this. And I like the way the messenger to the remnant says. He did not ask whether he could better glorify God when united with the object of his choice or whether he was placing himself in a position where he could not fulfill the purpose to be accomplished by his life. He did not consult God. Listen. The friends, this is not for first years, the friends you will make in campus, any friend, even a general friend, ask yourself, will this one help me serve my purpose here better? Will this person help me be a better child of God? Even just a general friend, ask yourself that. And finally, it's the same to you. As, as you make friends, as, as you make friendship, Ask yourself, will I honor God better with this friendship? You know, it, it, it's tough for, it, it's tough for uh, finalists, especially when you go, you are, you are very serious guys here, and uh, everyone looked up to you, then you go out there, and we make you look like, hey, you've come back. And, and you're, you're struggling to fit in, you're looking for a job, you're looking for this, life is difficult, and then you give up on God. Should not be like that. The God who saw you through campus can see you beyond. Trust in Him. Fact. God, to all who seek to honor God first, God has promised wisdom, but there is no promise to those who are bent on self pleasing. No promise. In fact, the inspired writing says How many people are pursuing the same cause as did Samson? How often marriages are formed between godly and ungodly because inclination governs in the selection of husband and wives. The parties do not ask the counsel of God, nor have his glory in view. Christianity ought to have a controlling influence upon the marriage relation. But it is often the case that the motives which lead to union are not in keeping with Christian principles. Samson went down to Timnath. The Bible says, and I think I want to go quickly because I can't stay in Timnath. I can't stay in Timnath for so long. The Bible says in verse 5 of Judges 14, Then Samson went down and his father and his mother to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath. And behold, a young lion roared against him. You know what? The parents of Samson saw that Samson insisted. They said, okay. You want it? Fine. You know what? The Bible says, a lion roared against him. But listen to verse 6. And I want you to get this. When the lion roared, the Bible says in verse 6, the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And he rent the lion as he would have done to a kid. He had nothing in his hand. But he told not his father or mother what he had done. As in a lion jumped Samson looked at the lion. Oh, you only do this. Don't do this at home. Don't try. When a lion comes, even here, I know we are in church, but please run. <laughs> no, it's, 
It's just good to tell you. You know, even Christianity is logical. Run as you pray. I, I can't tell you that, 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 that we see a lion coming right now. Then you say, okay, now let's go on our knees. But, but if you're Samson, if you're Samson, you see a lion and you don't run. You tell the lion, are you going to run? The lion says, no. Samson says, come, come, come. The lion jumps. And, and I don't know those of you who are young and, and watched Samson and Delilah. Did you watch that movie? Oh, okay, then please continue watching only those ones. <laughs> Remember where you started watching Samson and Delilah, Ten Commandments? Those are the ones you should watch. Now, you see the lion jumps. Samson must have grabbed the lion and, and, and told the lion, no, 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 no. You, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. People have questions, scholars. Scholars have questions that Samson might, might not have been as, as powerful as you think he was. But wait. You see, when you read the text there, and it says, he tore him like a kid. You know, it appears to you that he jumped. Let me tell you, do you tear a kid with the mouth? He didn't jump for the mouth. Go do your study now. He went and took the, kid, the lion with the hinder legs, with the back legs, and, and held like this and tore it into two and separated it and left it there. That's what I do to lions. <laughs> Human beings are still waiting. And, and listen, when the spirit of the Lord is upon you, you can do things we can't even explain. How do you explain that this boy, just into manhood, is able to tear a lion like a kid? How big was his arm span? I don't know. How strong was he to tear that lion like that? And, and then, for you to understand, listen, this is only done under the, 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 the influence of the Holy Spirit. Because when he goes back, he does not tell the parents... And the parents don't notice. Now, th that one I need to ask. You see, I, I want to know how you can tear a lion like a kid and all that blood, and you do it so skillfully that the blood doesn't go on you, but it is dead, and there is no doubt. It's fine. He walks away. And, and you know, the Bible says, uh, let's continue quickly. And you know the story. He came, she came uh, to get the wife. And when he came to get the wife, he gave a riddle. And when he gave a riddle, the, 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 the Philistines did not know the answer to the riddle. And, and he said unto them that if you respond, I am going to give you rewards, changes of raiment. They did not know. They went and threatened the wife. Let me tell you, that was a warning sign to Samson. How do you marry from people who threaten your wife? How? They threaten the wife, you're going to kill you if you don't tell us the answer. You're going to burn your father's house. Samson went, the wife came, wept, and then he told the answer. The people came the next day, told Samson the riddle. Listen, the Bible says in verses 18 of Judges 14, the man of the city said unto him, on the seventh day before the sun went down, what is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? And he said unto them, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have found my riddle. And the spirit of the Lord came upon him. Now listen. I mark the word, the spirit of the Lord. And look at how many times the spirit of the Lord has been walking with him. This is now the third time. And let me ask, how many times are you led by the spirit? The spirit of the Lord came upon him. The Bible says, 
He went down to Ashkelon and slew 30 men, took their spoil, gave change of their garments to them that expounded the riddle. And his anger was kindled, and he went up into his father's house. Now listen to this. This is now interesting. But Samson's wife was given to his companion who had been his friend, his best man. Samson's wife was given to the best man. Be careful when you go to Timnath. What did you expect? That's how they deal with the people in Timnath. In Timnath, you don't say, I was at Broken. No. In fact, when you update your status, they tell it's normal. <laughs> tell it's normal. It's Timnath where they say, but men behave like that. That's in Timnath. Timnathites. Listen, the Bible says, but it came to pass after a while, at the time of the wheat harvest, that Samson visited his wife with a kid. Please, those of you who will one day be married, finalists, you're going. I think I need to talk to you about marriage. You're going. When you get married, please, go with your wife. Don't leave your wife. And then you say that, oh, you know, I will come visit. The Bible says, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and cleave unto his wife. But Samson left the wife. Left the wife, was given to the best man. Then Samson comes with a kid and says, I will go into my wife, into the chamber, but the father will not suffer him to go. The father says, I verily thought that you utterly hated her. Therefore, I gave her to the companion. Is not her younger sister fairer than she? Take her, I pray thee, instead of her. Some parents are funny. Some parents. You have an opportunity to choose your father-in-law, but not your father. Choose wisely. Let's continue. And Samson said concerning them, Now I shall be more blameless than the Philistines, though I do them a displeasure. Samson went and caught 300 foxes. I've never understood this part. In my sanctified imagination, even when I stretch it to the limits, I've never understood this part. That Samson went and caught 300 foxes. You only do that if you are the strongest man under the influence of the Spirit of God. He went and caught 300. In fact, I don't know, but I must have been thinking. When he caught the first fox, he told, don't live here. <laughs> you know what happened to the lion? Stay here. And caught 300 and brought the 300. The Bible says, and he took firebrand. Fire. He took firebrand. And, and, and he turned them tail to tail. That's also another part you won't easily understand. <laughs> Let me tell you. If you want to do an experiment, you can go try. After you are injured, don't quote me. But go, go take a cut and bend the tail of a cat. It will scratch you, it will bite you, it will do so many things to you. He did not take and bend the tail. He took this tail and this tail and tied them together in a knot. <laughs> took this tail 150 times. He tied them. He ties one, puts fire, go. Ties another, puts fire, go. And they are sent, and let me tell you, when you are sent, and the Holy Spirit is even looking at this, directs them, don't run, Elter Skelter. Run in this direction. <laughs> Go into the harvest field. Go into the field of the Philistines. 
The Bible says, he turned them, put a firebrand in the midst between the two tails. When he had set the brands on fire, he let them go into the standing corn of the Philistines and burnt up the shocks, the standing corns, the vineyards, the olives. Ah, you don't get it. I see the Philistines watching from their houses. They're seeing a whole year's harvest going on fire. They're wondering, what is happening? This is, you know, when I was coming here, I don't come from a place where there's a lot of uh, plantation and such. When I was coming here, I was just admiring the corn uh, as I see the maize and everything. I love maize. I love maize. By now, you know I'm vegetarian. I, I, I was seeing the maize. I know some of you will be like, I was seeing the chicken. <laughs> so I, I was seeing the maize, and I was like, wow, this place has abundance of food. Now, the Philistines must have been walking and they're saying, yeah, look at the harvest. This time around, we have a good harvest. Then somebody comes and tells the other, you didn't see. Is that smoke? Yes. It's smoke. And they're wondering what is happening. And they're saying, we don't know who set it on fire, but we saw foxes coming. And the foxes, their tails were flaming. You know, there's some things you're told and you don't believe. I, 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 I saw a dog coming with fire in the tail, walking. No. And the person says, do you mean it? Yes, look at the other fox is coming. Those two foxes, their tails are tied. And the Bible says, then the Philistines asked, who has done this? And they answered, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he has taken his wife and given to his companion. The Philistines came up, burnt her and her father with fire. Samson said unto them, though you have done this to me, Yet will I be afraid of you, and after that I will cease. And he smote them with a hip bone and the thigh, a great slaughter. And he went down and dwelt on top of the rock Etam. The Philistines went up and pitched in Judah and spread themselves to Lehi. The men of Judah said, Why have you come up against us? They said, To bind Samson have we come to do to him what he has done to us. 3,000 men went from Judah. To the rocky term. Let me explain this story. When the 3,000 men went, they said, okay, you know, we have come to bind you. Can you imagine 3,000 men have come to the strongest guy? Then Samson warns them, listen, you are my brethren. Ah, no, this one I should have read. We have come to bind you and deliver you to the hands of the Philistines. Let me tell you. Had they, men of Judah, joined with him, they would have conquered the Philistines. You didn't understand. Let me explain. A number of times, we don't get victory because we join with the enemies rather than joining with the brethren against the enemies. You didn't understand, preacher. Break it slower. Listen to this. The men of Judah are taking one of their own and selling to the Philistines. Can you imagine? How many of us have sold the brethren to the Philistines? How many? Sold the brethren to the Philistines. There are some people in this church, they didn't even know how to drink. They're only drinking water. But some others here sold them to the Philistines. Now they're not even coming to church. You've repented, you're seated here. But them, they, they, they were sold. That's the problem with the children of God. We are selling. In fact, 3,000 are coming, and rather than join with Samson, 
to go and win, they go and they want to sell him. The Bible says, listen to this. Uh -huh. They say to Samson, you know that the Philistines are our rulers. <laughs> he said unto them, as they did unto me, have I done to them? Then they said, we've come to bind you so that we deliver you to the Philistines. Samson said, swear unto me that you will not fall upon me yourselves. Because I don't, I don't want to kill my brethren. I, I love Samson for one thing. Even when he was misbehaving, at least he knew one thing, don't kill the brethren. Some of us, some of us are pointing our artillery at the brethren. You, you, you kill, you character assassinate one another more than the way the enemies are doing it. He says, don't fall on me. They said, no, but we will bind you first and deliver you. There are some of us who are busy delivering. Okay. The Bible says he came unto Lehi. The Philistines shouted against him. And the spirit of the Lord, listen to that, came upon him. Again, the spirit came mightily that the cords was flax that were burned. And he took the jawbone of a donkey. Put forth in his hand and slew a thousand men therewith. Jawbone of a donkey. Now let me tell you something. The jawbone of a donkey in your hand is a bone. But in Samson's hand, that, that, that is a ma weapon of mass destruction. With one jawbone. He, oh no. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But Samson must have gone and said, jawbone, he picked it. And started number one down, number two down, number three down. The others are running. I, I don't know. I don't know how athletic Samson was. But Samson must have been strong. You know, those people who are so strong, they terrify you. You don't even know how to run. As in you want to run, you feel like there's no energy. And he just comes. And, and, and can you imagine? He killed a thousand, one person. What if the 3,000 men of Judah joined with him? The reason we don't gain success against the enemies because we don't join with the deliverer. But listen, after that, the Bible says, Samson said, with a jawbone of a donkey, heap upon heap, with a jawbone of a donkey, I, did you hear that? I have slain a thousand men. It came to pass when he had made an end of speaking that he cast away the jawbone called the place Ramath Heli, and he was very thirsty. I'll explain to you why he was thirsty. He was so thirsty, he called on the Lord and told God, God, you have given me deliverance, great deliverance into the hand of thy servant. Now shall I die of thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. Listen, please, when the Lord gives you deliverance, don't say, I have done it. There are moments when God comes through for you. Don't ascribe the glory to yourself. You know what the Lord will do? He will bring you back to realize that you are human. And that's what he did for Samson. In fact, in Science of the Time, October 6, 1881, I read and it says, thousands of Israelites witnessed Samson's defeat of the Philistines, yet no voice was raised in triumph. Till the hero... Elated at his marvelous success, celebrated his own victory. But he placed himself, instead of ascribing the glory to God, no sooner had he ceased when done. 
Then he was reminded of his weakness by an intense, painful thirst. He had become exhausted by his prodigious labors, and no means of supplying his need was at hand. He began to feel his utter dependence upon God. And to be convinced that he had not triumphed by his own power, but in the strength of the omnipotent one. He then gave God the praise for his deliverance. And listen, when he remembered the Lord, I like God for this. When you make a mistake, you think you are the one. And then you remember the Lord. And you ascribe glory to God. The Bible says, when he remembered the Lord and said, God, you've given me this great deliverance. The Bible says in verses 19, but God clave a hollow that was in the jaw. And water came out of it. So that you can understand it's God who does it. He brought water out of the jawbone. And the Bible says, and there came water there out. When he had drunk, his spirit came again and he was revived. He called the name of the place and Hakore which is in El Lehi till this day. And he judged Israel the days of the Philistines, 20 years. Let me explain to you something. The Bible says he remembered. You know, one of the things that happens to us as God's children is we forget the Lord several times. But Samson remembered the Lord. But God had to take him through the thirst for him to remember. And after that, the Bible says he judged Israel for 20 years. 20 years he judged Israel. But like some of us, you remember the Lord, you come back to the fold, but the Bible says, then Samson went to Gaza. And saw there an harlot. He saw. He saw. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. He saw there an harlot and went in unto her. Somebody said sin is a progression of excesses. We go from one thing to another. You start with something that is very harmless. Before you notice, you are deep down. Please don't even start. Those of you who drive understand. Let me tell you, I, I think driving is a, is a skill that teaches you a lot about self-control. Uh, unless you're driving a vehicle that has no power, is rickety, in such a way, you don't even need to be taught self-control. The vehicle is itself controlled. If you're driving a vehicle that has power and all that, for you to maintain speed limit, it's difficult. But let me tell you another thing. Now, the moment you start driving, when you drive at 50, th th there's some boring stretch driving somewhere here. As you head towards Salga, it's boring. You have to drive at 50. But let me tell you, when you start driving, when you get to 80 and your vehicle is stable, you feel like you're not driving. When you get to 100, you feel like it's now when this vehicle is fine. Now, if your vehicle is more stable, you will realize at 120 that... Even 130 is possible. In fact, 140 feels better, but 160 is the ultimate thing. And then you ask yourself, but why did they write the gauge at 180? 
As in, why don't we? And that's how sin behaves. Sin, you first start with a harmless thing at 60. Then you go to something that threatens you, even if you are scared, at 80. But you feel like, if that was 80, ah, let me just try 100, then I'll come back. But when you get to 100, you're like, hey, if I would have tried 120, and before you notice, you're at 140, and you say, I don't know where the pedal is, I don't know where the brake is, this vehicle is just going. Vehicles don't just go. You can remove your feet from the accelerator. When he went to Gaza, to a halot, he was doing now 140. You know, going to a Philistine woman, that is 120. That is one, no, that, that is even 100. It's 100. Philistine woman went down to Timnath. Timnath is 100. But now you, 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 you've left even one who is not of the Philistine. Now you're looking for a halot. Now that's serious. Halot is at one, 140. Halot. But you know, Samson is not a vehicle that will be doing 120 or 180. Samson is a German machine. This guy is too powerful. <laughs> he can do 320. So listen, we are still at 140. And so he feels like, hey, but I'm a strong guy. I'm a strong guy. But listen, the Bible says, he went to a halot. The Gazites said, Samson has come. They surrounded him and they laid wait at night in the gate of the city. All were quiet, saying in the morning, we shall kill him. Samson lay until midnight. I've always said in this sermon, and it's easy to repeat today, that Samson lay until midnight. But at midnight, I'm being reminded time is up. You don't need to remind me. I had added myself five minutes. But Samson lay until midnight. The Bible says, he arose at midnight. I've always asked, what woke him up at midnight? That is the Lord. And the Lord can wake you up locked. But when you're the strongest man, you find they've locked the gate. Samson had two options. So do I wake them up? No. I don't need to wake them up. Samson just grabbed that thing like this. <laughs> Wait. In my sanctified imagination, I, I, I feel like the, 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 the gatekeepers were there and they were like, hey, what is happening? There's an earthquake. No earthquake. The man is grabbing the gate. And he put the gate on his shoulders. I'm so sure all the security guards said, we got the wrong person. How do you chase a man who has carried the gate? How? And, and let me tell you, it is one thing to carry the gate and put it aside, then you walk, but Samson carries the gate to the top of the hill. He says, I have removed your gate, and if you want it, go get it from the hill. I cannot remove for you the gate and put it here where you'll put Go get it from there. Carry the gate to the top of the hill. And let me tell you, what is that? Have you noticed something? At this point in time, the Bible is very, very quiet on certain things. The Bible doesn't go deeply into the fact that the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord was upon him and all that. The Bible doesn't go into all that. But listen, notwithstanding his sin, the Lord was still with him. In fact, if, if, if you read the story of Samson well, you understand it is the Lord who was walking with him. I, I love the song, I have decided to follow Jesus. It's about 
how are you willing to walk with the Lord? You see, in, in, in Samson's story is, is, a, is a story that I, I don't even want to rush it. I'll leave it there. If, if the someone is hanging, no problem. I'll leave it there. Let me explain. You see, the story of Samson is a story of the presence of the Lord fighting against human desires. So Samson does the things he likes. As I told you, his eyes. He has to make a decision. Do I go to Gaza? He goes. Doesn't ask, does the Lord want me to go here? I've said, and I don't fear to repeat, please, wherever we want to go, let's seek for the presence of the Lord. Look at the text that we started with. It says that the spirit of the Lord moved him. But when he stopped from that, you find now, he, he finds himself in a mix. The Lord delivers him and he takes it for granted. Please, when the Lord delivers you, don't take it for granted. He has been delivered by God over and over and over. Takes it for granted. I don't know about you, children of God. I don't know whether the Lord has ever delivered you. Have you ever been delivered by the Lord? I don't. But if the Lord has ever delivered you, don't forget the Lord who delivered you. God doesn't deliver us just for nothing. As I said, he does it for a purpose. Wherever he's allowed us to be, it's for a purpose. In fact, the story of Samson tells me one thing. God can allow you to even find yourself in the midst of the Philistines. But his spirit can guide you out of it. But please, don't joke with the spirit of God, okay? Did you see the way he delivered Samson? Samson just killed those people. Then again, Samson went back and sinned. And Samson again, the Lord delivered. He went back and sinned. And Samson again, the Lord delivered. It's never like that. The Lord wants you to be consistent with him. I was preaching last week. There's a sermon, or maybe this was a word of prayer. There's a sermon that uh, I, I was delivering, and it was called Consistency is the Key. I was telling the congregation, God is consistent. Can we be consistent? When the Lord said he will use you to deliver, he was consistent. But Samson was not consistent. I want to close with a word of prayer for all of us. But I feel like asking, how many of you have been inconsistent with the Lord? That's a tough one to ask. Oh, you're not sure? If you look at your life, you feel like you've been inconsistent. Uh, okay, oh, sorry. I didn't say how many of you have behaved like Samson. I just asked how many have been inconsistent. You see, inconsistency means maybe I pray today, tomorrow, I forget, I forget. Then when exams are approaching, I remember. <laughs> it's exam time. We need to pray. Inconsistent. How many of you feel they've been inconsistent with the Lord? You just feel you've been inconsistent. Inconsistent with the Lord? Okay, those are the people I want to pray for today. Rise up. If you feel you've been inconsistent with the Lord, and please, this is not a general one. Don't just stand up because people are standing up. I'll pray for everyone. Stand if you know how you've been inconsistent. But I'm saying, God, I, I, I feel in my life I've been inconsistent. Not, as in, the Lord cannot rely on you constantly. Today you are hot, tomorrow you're cold. That's a team I want to pray with. It's almost like a Samson syndrome. But the Lord is faithful. He brought you here today. Let's pray.
Lord, the children of Israel did evil again in your sight, and he sold them to the hand of the Philistines. But God, you raised for them a deliverer in the name of Samson. Samson's life presents to us a life of inconsistency. And God, today we are standing and you're saying, Lord, the burden of our hearts is that we've been inconsistent. The pain we have at heart is that, God, we've not represented you well. And today, by standing up, we are making a commitment that, God, we don't like being inconsistent. We are not just admitting that we know we've been inconsistent, but we are not liking it. And so, God, please help us that we may make a decision to serve you well. In Joshua 24, 15, it says, Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether it be the God your father served on the other side of the flood or the God of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God, the decision time is now. Inconsistency hangs over us everywhere. But today we are saying, Lord, in our hearts, we will want to be consistent to do that which is right in your sight. The story of Samson is a repetition of inconsistencies even as you deliver. He goes to the level whereby he gets a harlot. But God, some of us may not have gotten to our midnight. But even at midnight, you woke him up and still gave him strength. Please God, wake us up even when we find ourselves in midnight situations. God, strengthen us again and use us in your service is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you all. The Lord keep you all safe.